Welcome back to Stories Behind the Grind. My name is Adam Vokolo, and today I'll talk to Ed Turney, founder of Rocky Point Kickboxing. So I, I featured you earlier on, um, earlier on Stories Behind the Grind, read your story, and really curious on how, how you grew from having no money, no experience, and, and no staff, building that to the largest uh, women's only kickboxing arena. Yeah, man. I mean, I think the biggest thing was I got rid of my ego. I got rid of thinking that I knew what the hell I was doing because I did not know what the hell I was doing, right? So uh, I see it a lot, especially in martial arts. Like I grew up in martial arts, and what happened is you're the martial arts teacher, always top dog alpha instructor guy, and it's very hard. It's vulnerable. It's very hard to like let your ego go down. So when it came to actually the business side of it, I was like, I'll just figure it out all by myself, and that doesn't really work out. I just didn't know what I was doing. So the moment I was like, you know what, I really don't understand the business side, and I call out coaches, mentors, whether it be in book form, podcast form, or actual courses where I'm paying coaches to, to show me the ropes, uh, that was the biggest change. And then it was just, it was just a whirlwind of just, okay, now, now it makes sense, and then just go and hustle the grind. But I think just getting rid of the ego was, was the first step kind of in my transformation. That must have been a really hard step. I mean, a lot of people were sort of wrapped up in their ego, and it's hard to put that to a side. How yeah, did you... my, my, my good friend, Johnny, he has a great quote. I don't know if it's his original or somewhere else. He goes, he goes like water. You need it to survive, but too much and you'll drown. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that needs to be a t-shirt or something, right? <laughs> That's a good quote. So, yeah, it's a good one, right? And I was like, it's so accurate because you have to have the like ego chip on your shoulder bravado like you're the real mm. man, but you also have to have humility. And so we're, we're both big fans of Gary Vee. He's always talking about pull from extreme ego and extreme humility. You pull from both sides. It seems to be the magic formula. And so I like that kind of contradictory paradox. Yeah, definitely. You sort of have to have the ego internally for yourself, but then not have that show externally and then have a bunch of humility on the outside, but a bunch of ego on the inside. And it's balancing those two that's um, sort of yeah. can lead to some great moments. both inside and both outside too, right? You have to, if you really think that you're the greatest, the greatest and everything deep down, you know, you know, Tom Bilyeu on Impact Theory and Press Bars, he talks about the darkness, calls mm-hmm. it that. Because they have to have a little bit of darkness. Like every astronaut has a little bit of darkness that like wants to crush and melt faces and, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But ninety eight percent of the time it's all just love, compassion, higher level thinking. That has to be that little bit that just like drives you. So whether it's ego, darkness, anger, proving it to somebody, everyone that seems to do really well in business that I've seen has a little bit of that, but but the disproportionate amount of what they have is love, empathy, compassion, mm-hmm. you know? Have you found it's taken a while for you to, to develop the, the love, compassion, humility side of you as well over, over time, or is that something you've always naturally had? That's a good question. I think it's much different nowadays. I think it was more idealistic when I was younger. I mm-hmm. think it's much more realistic now. Like, what does empathy really mean? You know what I mean? What, is, what does self-awareness really mean to me now? Uh, so I think when I was young, you know, I'm 31 now, so I'm still super young. Well, you know, 20, 21, 22, I think I had like the very idealistic of what is right and proper and correct that wasn't natural to me. Mm-hmm. I was saying the right thing, I was mm. doing the right thing, the right thing to do, but inside I was angry at the person or, or like there was some resentment happening, but I would never show it. And mm-hmm. that just created tremendous uh, health problems. I'm always sick all the time. And I really think it stems from emotional cognitive dissonance that I had. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, growing and maturing and and finding better mentors and better leaders. Now I feel like when I am empathetic, it's real empathy. Right? It's, it's true empathy. I'm not just saying the right thing. I really mean what, what I say, right? And my actions back it up. But even like you can do the right act, 
actions, but still not believe it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know people you that tactfully believe it. Yeah. Yeah, like, like, they'll give gifts to their clients. They'll give their team members time off. It's tactics. They don't really, they don't really feel like it's something that they need. You know what I mean? So I think now it's just, it's just maturity and time. And I'm sure in another 10 years, I'm going to think radically differently about where mm. I am now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the beauty of growth, right? You know, yep. always getting um, always getting better at what you do. Yeah, for sure, man. I like your point on, um, and I actually believe in it. There's a lot of people who who will just go through the motions, tick a few boxes, and say that you know they're empathetic. Um, yeah. <laughs> you might find out six months later that they're not, and it, it shows. I think it's one of those things that it'll. You have to be authentic in what you do. Yes, absolutely, man, and that's hard. I mean, Bruce Lee said the best. Know, to to be authentic is the hardest thing. Is is that very famous little like four or five lines? He goes, but but uh, is it to be yourself or to to express yourself honestly without lying to yourself? Mm. It's very hard, and that's just you know all the greatest thinkers of all time have been contemplating the same thing. How do we how do we truly be authentic? So, mm. Just working on it. Yeah. <laughs> just every, every day. day. Yeah. yeah. You talked about sort of giving giving back. How do you how do you provide more value for your clients in um in your arena? listening to what they want that's it man like there's there's no systematized way or automation that i figured out to do that right just really listening you know so me and jason been going for since about nine o'clock together and he just watched me phone call after phone call text message just hours of just correspondence with people in all the different locations and the team members and clients and just listening like knowing what they want and super centric and just and, and then just providing that and providing it without any expectation just doing it. Just, mm. just it's what they need. So it's. The, I think the moment can have enough humility to be like, I'm not special. Like I think in entrepreneurship, there's a lot of your time is valuable. Allocate, leverage your time. And I agree with that. You can't be reckless with it. Mm. But I think we get full we of ourselves it, and mm. think our time is too special. Yeah, we take it too to the extreme. Yeah, yeah. It's like you have to spend time and listen to people. So I just listen and then what, whatever. It's a balance of what I think is right with my experience and what they ask for. Mm-hmm. You just balance it out and just and then make systems based on that. But then every quarter, every couple of months, like you got to re-up those systems. Mm. Like things that really fast. I can't give out the same book forever. I can't give out the same message forever. I have to constantly be adapting and changing, and that'll change. You know, the more clients you have, it'll sort of skew it one way or the other. And it, it just as as the business grows, so does the voice within and your clients, and that you know changes over time. And like I said before, we both change over time. So do our clients, and so do people in general. And it's just listening to that. Exactly. Relationship is a dynamic relationship. Mm. There's no such static. No, no, you can't be. Oh, but we, the way our, like, so my background is in East Asian medicine, and we study that that geometry is the matrix of the mind, meaning we see things in compartments, right? We build rooms in certain shapes. We don't build rooms in, in awkward shapes, right? Mm. Everything has to be compartmentalized in our mind, but yet the nature of humans themselves are dynamic and changing and shifting, and we're not in perfect little boxes. But we're always trying to, like, create businesses because it's a system. It's a thing it's a construct the construct is constantly shaping and evolving so i just think most people just don't get that that like you said always changing always adapting always being flexible that's why there's no such thing as passive income or or, or, you know what i mean like Mm. you set things up to an extent right like russell brunson click funnel genius Mm. yeah he sets things up and it makes millions of dollars until it doesn't and he has to go and adjust them and change it Mm. like there's no such Mm. thing just one and done no you you can't you you can't set and forget for 50 years i mean you know, it just exactly. do- doesn't work really. Exactly. Yeah. And definitely need that effort behind it, and and you know, experimentation. I think it's such a great value for um 
what's such a great skill for entrepreneurs to have? Any sort of experiments or any um, things that you've tried that, that haven't worked out? <laughs> yeah, most, <laughs> most things. Uh, most things don't work out. Um, let's see, what's the biggest one? Um, I always experiment with like uh, how much physical time I have to be to location, right? Because so I manage three, three locations now. So I always experiment. Okay, what if I don't do anything for location mm-hmm. for seven days? Like I don't put any. I just focus on these ones. Let's see what happens. And there's always some type of a dip, right? Something happens, some communication. Those are kind of like my experiments to see how much pressure each system, each team can handle. And then I try to like I like I try to let it crack a little bit on purpose, mm-hmm. so then I can go and be like, cool. What what reinforcements do I have to build underneath it so it can handle more? Otherwise, I feel like entrepreneurs get into this micromanaging just hell that we never get out of mm-hmm. because we're always like perfect 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 it never happens so i think as far as like experimenting i've been experimenting with how much pressure can i let one system handle before i notice the cracks and then i get in there before anything bad happens but that's kind of like my experimental thing now having more than one place uh that's a great way to tr- trust your team as well so that they they can see that they've got some sort of scope to do what they want and extend themselves um Whilst exactly. giving you the feedback, it's just human nature. We, no one wants to be a failure. No, no. one wants to fail. No. You know, like, like unless they're just a bad person, they're hire them. Rare, you know. Yeah, it comes back to ego, I think, as well. You know, failure is definitely um, it's a lot of stigma attached with with failure. Yep, hundred percent, man. Um, I heard someone um, one of the previous podcasts that I ran. Um, he he talked a lot about imposter syndrome being such a prevalent issue yeah um how do you how do you cope if you if you do cope with um imposter syndrome like you said before you've sort of got to believe at the beginning that you know you're nobody i guess in a sense and then you sort of you grow from there does does it ever come back yeah you know it's funny and uh, i mean in martial arts oh my god it's just it's everywhere right it's like Part of it makes sense, part of it doesn't. So I always relate entrepreneurship to martial arts, right? So when you're learning how to fight, you literally learn how to fight exactly like your teacher. Mm-hmm. Like you, you mimic him, you move like him, you kick, you punch, like you do what he does. Until you don't, right? Until you, you, you work your own you know, style, so to speak. And so in entrepreneurship, um, I'm always trying to mimic the people that I admire the most, right? So people tell me, they go, Sometimes you sound like Gary or Tim. Or, I'm like, well, yeah, because all mm. I do is consume their content, mm. right? So mm. that guy's so pragmatic, like I, like I absorb it. And I feel like you have to be a little bit like the people you look up to, and then you become your own type of fighter. So I don't know if that answers the question or convolutes it, but that's kind of what I've been thinking about for a while. You know, I'm, I'm, I guess I can relate quite well as well. I've, I've been listening to great Gary V for probably 15 months now, same sort of thing. You sort of throw osmosis almost that you, you start picking up the, um, the little things that, that aren't quite aware. And, and it does start to sort of change, change your mindset as well. And I've, yeah, I've just, well, just been, I mean, you're the, you're the five people you surround yeah, yourself with. Exactly. Also. Exactly. If your crew doesn't actually know how to be an entrepreneur, well, you better listen to right more often than mm. not. Literally I hear, like I'll pick up the, hang out with a certain group of friends I'll make jokes like them for the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like their punchlines <laughs> yeah, yeah. will be my punchline. Like just some, just it's subconsciously. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I'm not being like I'm going to. My one of my best friends used to call me a swagger jacker. He's like, dude, you just jack my swag. Whatever I'm doing, you do. And I'm like, 
I'm not trying to. It just like becomes just my happens. reflection. I'm not, like I'm not, like stealing your wardrobe, but I'm just like I'm like stealing all of his punchlines and stuff. And it's just true. I've always been good like that. I, I think because I grew up acting, like doing theater, so I was mm-hmm. always like in the mindset of you know memorizing, becoming the character. But it's worked out very well for my, my weird little skill set. How did you How did you get into acting at um, such a young age? It was just in me, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, first grade, I launched my first business. It was a theater troupe. Or like like the first graders, mm-hmm. there was there was a it was a, a nickel with the admission fee <laughs> to be part of the troupe, and we like uh, like wrote the play, costumes, uh, you know you know like organized directed it, started it, you know like like at a recess. I don't know. I just always had I think when I was uh, in middle school, I wanted to be the first martial artist to win an Academy Award, mm-hmm. and then Chow Yun Fat won for um, Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon, and then I like literally dropped the. The dream, like when someone else did it, I was like, mm-hmm. ah, yeah. like I wasn't gonna be first anymore. And then I just, I, I, I always, I did theater all the way up to the end of my senior year in high school. Mm-hmm. I went to college, thought about it because everybody told me to do it, and I got there and I was like, actors are weird. I just didn't like, I just didn't. They, they were didn't too, change. too emotional, too. And I was like, like method acting, like really scared the hell out of me. And I was like, I don't know, something didn't feel right. And then I just went into business classes, which I did not finish because I thought it was a complete joke. But I just, I had that, that decision and I was like, this way, that way. And I was like, I'm not going to do theater, mm-hmm. which is always part of what I was. I mean, literally six years old. I was like, let's put on a show. I don't know why. No, that's great. I mean, a lot of kids probably would have almost, well, I mean, kids being kids, you sort of, you don't have all those filters in place. Correct, um, yeah. As well. You can sort of be your truer self as a kid almost than, than you can as an adult. Until you, until you figure it out, until you sort of put your ego to aside, until you um, have that self-awareness that, that Gary Vee talks a lot about as well. Self-awareness is everything. Oh, definitely. You need to understand who you are before you can be who you can be. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> in, a, in a few words or less. Has anyone um, has anyone come to you uh, in terms of you being a mentor? Have you mentored others that are trying to get into the, say, fitness industry? Well, yeah. So, I'm actually – I'm a coach for uh, Team Perella right mm-hmm. now. So, Team Perella is like the leading martial arts fitness coaching program around. So, they do websites, one-on-one coaching – group advertising something like that so i had hired like i mentioned a coach three and a half years ago maybe three three and a half four years ago less than four and uh so i'm actually now a coach for the exact same program so i do like one-on-one coaching for about a dozen different clients that i like to handle mm-hmm. and uh yeah man it's 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 so interesting because in your mind you're like everyone's doing what you're doing <laughs> most people are right yeah like most people just are not because and again back to fighting right like when we like spar or work out or train in martial arts, we're always like comparing ourselves to like literally the greatest fighters ever. Not mm. that we're that good. Mm. We're like, man, we suck because we can't do what Manny Pacquiao can do, and we can't do what Floyd Mayweather can do, and we can't do what Conor McGregor can do. Like, it's always so funny. I do the same thing in entrepreneurship. I'm always comparing myself. I'm like, man, Gary gets out so much content. <laughs> man, Tim, like Tim yeah. told his book. You know? So, meanwhile, I'm not realizing that one, I haven't been doing it for 20 years mm. nonstop, and I don't have a team of 22 people. But you just always compare. So. When I started coaching, I was like, wow, I expected to have certain conversations. And it was just like, no, 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 the basics, mm. you know, for most people. And so I'm happy to do that. Like, um, it gives me insight as to what the, the landscape of what my new clients need mm. uh, so I can do it faster. Um, but it's, it's, it's definitely interesting to hear the same struggles that I had, mm. the same mindset hangups that I had years ago that, like, I forgot. Like, I instantly, once I'm past something, it's gone. Mm-hmm. I don't think about it ever again. And so I'm reminded like, oh, I used to think like that. I used to think scarce. I used to think short-sighted. I used to think, you 
know, for the quarter, not for the decade. Mm. You know, so hearing it in other people's journeys and troubles is really interesting. And so I, I feel like I can provide faster results for them because I've already been through it. Right, so yeah. I, just, I just like that. Like, humans are always making each other better. Like, every athlete, like, every sports category this year is going to break records from last year. Mm. Every single one. Mm-hmm. Just every single one of them. So, you know, we just constantly learn and evolve from each other. So it's fun to do that. And it must feel really good sort of helping helping your clients then overcome the same struggles you have. It must really sort of light you up inside as well. It really does, man. Like, I, yeah, I got a message earlier today. Like, I did a coaching call about 10 o'clock this morning. Mm. He was like, hey, man, I, I implemented exactly what you said already, like right away. It's just like a Facebook group thing, how to communicate the right way. He goes, it works. He goes, it was amazing. And I'm like, no, it's not. I'm like, what's amazing is that most people don't take the advice. That's mm. amazing. Mm. You actually get you know, So it definitely feels good. Like, because in fitness, I can't get instant results. No, no, it's, a pro- it's well, it's, it's same with um, entrepreneur- entrepreneurship as well. You you can't expect instant results, and like I said, taking that long term, you know, decade approach as thinking long term. Exactly. It's got quite. A, I mean, entrepreneurship and, and fitness really have quite a lot of similarities, really, in, in terms of the long term aspect. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Like it just speaks to how humans are too short sighted in general. Mm. I think it's because we're we're consumed with fear. We're afraid we're not going to pay the bills. We're afraid. You know the pain we're going to go through. We're just, just, we're just so afraid of everything that it's hard to look long term. And that's why I think my biggest advantage, my background in East Asian medicine, is it's a whole different worldview. It's a mm-hmm. whole different cultural worldview. And so viewing things more holistically, which I hate using the word because it's so cliche and like sounds like I'm going to hug a tree. But like, but it just it really is true. Like thinking of everything as one, like not broken in parts. Anytime I get caught up in something, I'm always just like, okay, cool. Re, re, reset, zoom out, have more perspective, the long-term thing. Like, you know, some days we make zero sales in a day. Mm. Okay. But what do we do for the quarter? Mm. You know what I mean? I was so excited we did like our end of year numbers mm. and like just like what our conversion numbers were for the whole year. Not like, you, for, for, you know what I mean? And just seeing it go up from 2016. Mm-hmm. Having perspective on that because all entrepreneurs get, get hung up sometimes end of the day. Nothing got done, nothing, mm. but so much got done because you still put the foundation in, you know, so yeah, just thinking long-term, I think. Is yeah, good. exactly. It's building that foundation and then, you know, five years, you know, 10 years down, you can then leverage that foundation and, and make, you know, really, really big changes. But it's, you know, you can only make those really big changes if you um if you put in, you know, the 10 years of effort beforehand as well. Yeah. yeah. And you got to love it, right? Like, yeah. like you know, yeah, I've always... time, like I just love doing this. He's like, he's like, why are you doing them? Like, because I like doing it. Mm. Like, like, I make I make such bad decisions on like short term money, like which I'm sure you've heard this before. But just it feels good. Like I asked you about what's the long term podcast, and you're like, I'm not sure. <laughs> but you're clearly, <laughs> yeah. but you love it enough that you know it's going to go somewhere. Like Joe Rogan, I'm pretty sure is still the top one or two podcasts in the world. Mm. You know, getting more downloads than anything, not just podcast, anything. He's been doing it since like it's 2002, 2001. Sure. Mm. You know what I mean, like forever. Not open the door for it. Um, just like forever, and you see love doing it, and so yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I think, I think, I think with podcasts, they sort of went through a phase a few years ago, and then they sort of died off again, and now they've really, um, they've really sort of ramped up again. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, do you to like see. Anchor? Do you like the new Anchor app? Yeah, oh, the first time I've ever used it, it was sort of what I what got me into starting my own podcast. Yeah, fairly intuitive, a little bit clunky. Yeah, I mean, some it's way better, way better than the first version. The first version was literally just like. It was a messaging app for mm-hmm. audio, mm-hmm. Like, like like the whole like on Twitter audio could be something, but it it actually took more time. You know what I mean? Because like as I couldn't, 
like it didn't tell me what the like the audio was. Like when I get like a like a text message of mm-hmm. like the voicemail, mm-hmm. like that saves my time. It didn't do that. So I think now that it's just going to be a podcast platform, I think mm-hmm. it's going to win. It should it should win really big if they stay up. To yeah, definitely. Like you said, if they start with their developments and you know continually improve the app, it'll um because it's the only one like that. But I think there's Libsyn as well. But yes, it's the first one I heard of, and I sort of just um. Well, Libsyn isn't like like a, like an interface. Like you load Libsyn mm. to be on like it's like the foundation. But like I'm not interacting with other people on Libsyn because mm. I don't mm. think so. you know what I mean. It's like, it's yeah. like this is just what you have to pay them to upload iTunes. <laughs> not exactly the same so yeah interesting times man we'll see what yeah definitely i guess that's how we got in contact to do this uh this video podcast was just through through anchor as well having that, right. the colon feature so definitely a great tool yeah, go figure, go figure. <laughs> yeah. this would be this would be cool to throw back in like you know three yeah. years and it's like oh yeah we were we were one of the first whatever on anchor yeah <laughs> exactly exactly what plans do you have for, t- for 2018 what's in the pipeline more of everything you know, uh, Jason just came on as a full-time video director, mm-hmm. so we plan on putting out content at, at scale as much as we can and taking on some interns as well. So uh, more content for the gym, more content for myself, more content for coaching, just everything, man. We're going to really ramp up and, like I said, have a long-form podcast as, as well as the short 60-second ones. Mm-hmm. Nothing really different, just more. More of the same. Just, yeah. just, and just adapting, and if there is an opportunity for something new, we'll mm-hmm. definitely take it. Mm-hmm. But uh, right now, it's just more of the same for the next decade, foreseeably. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, that's great. It's great that you finally found a sort of cadence and you can sort of step into that and then build, adapt, change from there. And Yep, 100%. Man. How do you deal with uh, negative feedback on on the content? Do you sort of ignore it, not see it, respond to it? I am so lucky. I don't, I don't, I can't tell you one. And, and it just means I'm not that big yet, right? Like, <laughs> like, I really, I really, I really haven't gotten anything yet. Like, mm. I'm really super uh, We've gotten a couple of bad reviews, like funny ones. Like, we do like, we're, we're having a Facebook check-ins at the gym. Mm-hmm. So we're the, the most checked into gym in the country, right? It's all tracked through a, a charitable organization. So when you check in, it makes a donation for charity. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of our members literally was like tagging too many friends. And one of the friends was like, I don't go here and wrote a bad review. <laughs> like she wrote up, she never came to the gym. Mm-hmm. But she wrote a better She was annoyed at the Facebook thing. Mm-hmm. Like dumb things like that yeah. happened. Um, but I think a bad review is actually an opportunity to demonstrate your intentions, right? So mm-hmm. reaching out to them and, and apologizing and, and saying anything I can do to make it right. If that person's probably never going to do anything, they just wanted to say something mean because there's something wrong with them. They're like they're broken inside. But the other people in the community will see. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, we have like whatever positive reviews and like one bad one. It almost makes you seem more believable. Mm, I think if mm. they're all five star reviews, you're like, oh, really? Is it, mm. Was there a gimmick? Did, did they buy them? Did they, you know, so having a couple of things actually good. And, uh, you know, I mean, you already know, like, not dwelling, don't dwell. Yeah, move okay. on. Just, yeah, move on. So, but I'm very lucky. I, I, I can't really say about anything, especially my personal time, I've never had anything really, really bad, as far as I know. Mm. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great mindset to have to, to look at those sort of negative reviews as, as feedback as opposed to, um, you know, yeah. as criticisms. Exactly. What else, man? Anything kickboxing can teach us about business? We sort of touched on it before. Are there any sort of key lessons that you can yeah, sort of relate to? Consistency, you know, mm. be patient. If, it, if it's kickboxing for fighting, like actual martial arts fighting, I mean, that is a, a never-ending battle of constantly reevaluating yourself and what your weaknesses are. And then if it's just a fitness thing, 
you know, it takes a lot of time. Mm. It takes it takes time. It takes patience. It takes discipline. It's all the same things that I think we all need. And, and I think fitness, martial arts, entrepreneurship—they're all a vantage point and a medium to just be a better person, right? And that's why I like to do these things. Like I could be like, you know, selling social media things or algorithms. Mm. I, I I just I don't feel like I'm going to be a better person doing that. Like dealing with more people, right? Helping more people, like the, the constant interaction that makes me better. Like mm-hmm. being a better communicator, a better educator, a better leader. It's making me better. So it's selfish in a way. Like I only choose things to to make me better. So if you're not becoming stronger, more evolved person through your actions, I think you shouldn't be doing. It. Yeah, that's um great. That's great. a good sound. Yeah, yeah it is. We have gotta gotta <laughs> caption that and uh, turn that into a to a minute. Uh, yeah. Minute video. Yeah, man. Um, thanks so much again for, for taking the time to do this. Yeah. Really, really appreciate it. Are you going to do like any like signature question thing? Like the last question is always the same, or like rapid fire questions, or like something signature to you? Ooh, I haven't haven't thought about it. But I guess what what what's your what's what's your favorite quote? I have a lot of them. Most of them are from Gary Vee. Gratitude is the gateway to kindness. I love that one. Henry Ford gets attributed to this, but. Actually, Confucius said it first. Uh, he who says he can, he who says he can't, is both right. They're both right. They're both correct. Mm. Uh, he said that in the Analects, way before Henry Ford was born. So I want to give him credit for that. Those ones, you know, you know, just giving more, more empathy. Mm. Those that I'm attracted to. I think a good question for you because your thing is stories behind the grind, right? Mm. I think you should ask everybody, what is your definition of the grind? That's a good question. Oh, uh, so, so yeah, so. Uh, I'll answer. Sure. <laughs> and then I want, I, I, want, I want this to go back because if this becomes your question, if you like it, and you'll ask everybody, then I'll get credit for giving you <laughs> And when you interview Gary, yeah. Tony Robbins, you'll be like, yo, Ed Tony actually gave me this question. Yeah. They're going to be like, who? Uh, definition of the grind is uh, goes hand in hand with my definition of the business. I, I don't think a business is something that makes money. I think a business is two things. It's something that gives more value than it takes in, and it's something that every single person forward went. So a business to me, the owner, the team, and the, and the clients all benefit and all move forward. If any of those things don't meet my criteria, I call it a scam. Mm-hmm. And it's a very controversial definition. A lot of people get a little upset with it. But I'm like, just because you're moving forward, but your clients aren't or your team isn't, no good. Everyone has to move forward. It's my definition of a business. So the grind is just keeping that definition, that machine mm-hmm. moving forward consistently. Mm-hmm. It's a soundbite, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. No, great. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Would really appreciate it if you left a rating. For more inspiring stories and advice, follow Stories Behind the Grind on Instagram and Facebook.